we're continuing our series, uh, Counterculture, today, and we're talking about this idea. We've been talking about this for the last couple weeks, that when it comes to life and how we live, we don't get to base our decisions off of what the culture that we live in says or the world that we live in says is how we should live. We base it off of what God says and how his word calls us to live. And we've been studying uh, this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been talking through the Beatitudes, the attitudes we strive to be, which we strive to be them. And our tagline through this, and you know, it, it, it's gonna hit home today, I think even a little harder, that when we lean into Jesus, when, when we lean in to Jesus and ask him to move in our life, Jesus changes everything. We're getting so good at it. Okay, so Jesus changes everything, and, and you know, I wanna be honest with you in this week, this beatitude we're talking about. Um, you know, it, it might, there might be difficult parts in this. You know, there might be difficult parts in this. There might be stuff you wrestle with, that's good. That's good, you know? And so we're gonna talk through Matthew 5, verse nine. Matthew 5, verse nine. This beatitude says this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Well, I mean, we don't need this one, right? The world's very peaceful, isn't it? We're peaceful people. We don't need this one, right? Do you guys want me to skip to the next one? No, I think we need this, right? We need this. Uh, you know, we need this more than even we know. And when it comes to culture and when culture's ideas of peace and um, this idea, you know, culture says things like this. Peace is dependent on the circumstances. Peace is dependent on the circumstances we're in or the situation that we're in. There's dependency to it. Uh, also, uh, peace um, is dependent on others. If others would change, we would have peace. If they would just change, we'd have peace. You know, that's how it is, right? If they're wrong, I'm right. If they would just think like me, there would be peace. We'll have a peace if you agree with me, culture says. We'll be at peace as long as you agree with everything I say, because I'm right. That's how culture kind of leans in to this idea of peace, and the truth is, when it comes to the culture we're living in, the idea of peace seems so overwhelming. Anybody else think that? The idea of peace and, and, and living peacefully with others, it seems so hard because we are the most divided, most divided people ever. We can't agree on anything. Now, I'm not talking about just the big stuff. I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about sports and all of that. I, I'm not talking about the big stuff because we definitely can't agree on that. I'm talking about even little things. You don't believe me? Watch this, watch this, okay. When it comes to red vines or Twizzlers, make some noise if it's red vines. Make some noise if it's Twizzlers. A little bit smaller there, a little smaller cheer. It's obviously red vines. What about, what about this? Yeah, how about this one? This one might ruffle some feathers. When it comes to phones, Apple, Android, that's a lot of Androids. <laughs> wow. It's obviously Apple. There's a lot of green boxes in that group chat. You know, nothing makes me more mad than a group chat with a green box. Come on. 
We can't agree on anything, even the little stuff. And I know it's fun, and we joke about it, we debate about it, and we go back and forth you know, about these little things, but the truth is, we are divided in everything, even to the big things. We're not just divided, we're also angry. Anybody else think that there's a lot of anger? A lot of anger. Uh, we are just angry, we're angry. We're not just divided, then we're angry that we're divided. And we're not just divided and then angry that we're divided, we are also the most jealous culture of all time. We are so jealous of each other. We, we, we buy houses just to have a better house than someone in our life. We buy new cars so someone at work will know I'm doing okay. We will go on vacations because our friend posted a picture from the beach. We are so jealous. We're divided, we're angry, and we're jealous. We'll buy things just to win. What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? So that's how culture is. That's how culture kind of views peace. Let's lean into Jesus, because Jesus changes everything. What does Jesus say? Put the verse back up for me again. Matthew 5, 9. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. What is he saying when he's speaking about peacemakers? He is not speaking to just those who live in peace. He is speaking to those who bring about peace. Very big thing we have to understand through this passage. This is not just living in peace. This is bringing about peace. When I say, what do you mean just not living in peace? It's not just like going and moving to the mountains, staying away from everybody, and just being peaceful. It's not just about separating, it's not about saying nothing, it's not about not having an opinion, it's not about not interacting with the world and just you know, walking around in complete peace and bliss. It's not what it's saying. This is speaking to the one who brings about peace, who, who engages with people and brings peace with them, who engages in conversations and brings peace, who has, goes to really difficult things and brings peace to it. It's speaking to what is also described as the reconciler. The reconciler, the one who reconciles. You know, it says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then it goes on to say, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus reconciles us. And then we are given the ministry, I want that word to hit, ministry of reconciliation. That's what we're called to do. We are called to be, if we, if we call ourselves Christian, we are called to live a life of reconciliation. Jesus models this for us. This idea of being a reconciler or a peacemaker in today's world just seems so hard because there's so much wrong. There's so much wrong. How, how do we bring pre peace? How do I be a reconciler in this? Well, I mean, think of Jesus. Do you remember the story when Jesus was in the garden and the soldiers came to take him to the cross, to take him to court? 
the soldiers come and the, the, the Roman soldiers come and they approach him and the disciples. And what does one of his disciples do? His disciple goes and cuts off the ear of the soldier. Right? By standards, rightfully so. Right? Jesus, the Messiah, God on earth, Jesus, they're coming to take him and it's not justified. There's nothing right about it. The disciple lashes out and cuts the soldier's ear off. What does Jesus do? Doesn't, Jesus doesn't do this. Jesus doesn't say, get them. They're wrong. I'm Jesus. They're wrong. No, Jesus doesn't do that. He walks over to the man, puts his hand on his ear, and heals his ear. That's what peace and reconciliation looks like. Even in the midst of injustice, even in the midst of a horrible situation, Jesus still brings healing with him. We are called to live that way. It goes on then to say, blessed are the peacemakers, and remember blessed meaning honored or favored. Blessed are the peacemakers before they will become the sons of God, the true sons of God. This is speaking to the, the, one, the, fam, the one who's in the family of Christ, the, the reconciler who is recognized as a true child of God, that they will share with him in his passion for peace. That if, if this is you and you are son and daughter of God, you will share in Jesus' passion for peace. You'll share in his passion for reconciliation and you will share in his passion for breaking down walls. Not building walls, not building more walls of division that separates us and them. You will start to be passionate of breaking down walls that have been separating people, that have maybe been separating people from seeing the goodness of Jesus. And instead of standing on one side of the wall and saying what's wrong with them, you'll start to just tear down at that wall so they can see Jesus. You'll share in his passions. Now the question is, how do we do this? How do we do this? It, it sounds simple, it's great, but Jesus, how do we do this? In the culture we live in, how do we bring peace? How do we, how do we find peace and how do we live a life of reconciliation when we just disagree on so much? How is this possible? I don't know about you, it's even harder than just my family. To, to, to be peaceful. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. It, it's so, how do we do this with culture? How do we strive for peace? I think we have to ask ourselves are we willing to change? I'm speaking from my heart here. Convicted me this week. Are we really willing to change? Because the truth is, is we can get so set in our ways, in our beliefs, we can hear things and we can say lines like Jesus changes everything, but are we really allowing him to change us? Are we really allowing him to work in us? Jesus is, I mean think about this one, Jesus, let me read this passage first, in Luke 23. Luke 23, verse 34, when we look at people, when we look at engaging with the world who thinks differently than, acts differently than us, that, that there's walls between us, how, how, what approach should we have? Jesus says this in Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they don't know 
what they do. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. It's a great passage, right? I think what makes this passage so dynamic for us today is what happened in Luke 22. Do you know what happens in Luke 22? Jesus is nailed to the cross. Think about that. Jesus is nailed to the cross. Unrightfully so. Falsely accused, nailed to the cross. What does Jesus say? Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive. Are we allowing ourselves to be changed, to be more like Jesus, to get to that point? Jesus isn't on the cross just mocking them and laughing at them or angry at them. He's not up there saying, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? Don't you know who I am? Like, you guys, you guys are horrible. You guys, why, why does he call armies from heaven down to attack them? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. It's the most painful moment. At the most betrayed, he's, like he's ever been, like at this moment, he is choosing forgiveness. I think we have to, if we really want to bring peace and be a peacemaker and a reconciler in a divided world, we first have to ask ourselves this question, do we really, do we really want to look like Jesus? Do we really want to look like Jesus if it goes against how I see the world? Do I really want to respond like Jesus when I have years and years and years of thinking differently? Do I really want to respond like Jesus when it just goes against how I think things should be done? Do we really want it? Because we have to answer that question if we are going to be peacemakers and reconcilers in a culture that's so divided. So divided. So I wrote down just a couple things on what a peacemaker looks like. In a culture that's divided, if we want to live this life, if we want to be a peacemaker, if we want to be a reconciler, there's some things that we can start to do or continue to do that will help us live a life of peace and reconciliation. The first one, peacemakers are careful to avoid words that destroy. Peacemakers and reconcilers are careful to avoid words that destroy. Ephesians 4.15 says this, speak the truth gracefully. Speak the truth gracefully, tactfully. A peacemaker will watch what they say and how they say it. A peacemaker won't just let things slip out of their mouth. They'll be cautious and tactful with their words. A peacemaker won't use WMDs, words of mass destruction, where they will just say things, throw it out there, and it'll destroy things. A peacemaker will watch their mouth, watch what they say. They will stay away from angry, hurtful, blaming words that are just useless. Angry, hurtful, blaming words that all that they do is stir up the pot of dissension and division. They'll stay away from those words. Process what they're saying. They'll do what Colossians 3.8 says. But now you must put them all away. Anger, 
wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. I love that line, but now you must put them away. Meaning that you have to actually put it away. You have, you have to mentally process and think through changing in this area. Changing. Now I know there might be some of us who are like, but Shane, what about the truth? What about truth, Shane? We're supposed to not say anything? No. Never stop speaking the truth. Never stop speaking the truth of the gospel. Never stop treat, speaking the truth of Jesus Christ. But be tactful and graceful in how you do it. I mean, think about what, what, how you're saying it. You know, you ever heard that song? I mean, maybe some of you have, it's pretty famous. Or that saying that we say, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Anybody even hurt by a word before? I have. Words can destroy. Words can destroy, and I'll be honest, I talked a little bit about this last week. You know, I'm kind of tired seeing the gospel presented with anger and nasty words. Like we're presenting and we're representing Jesus, but there's words that are clearly aren't from him that are coming out as we do it. We can't just package the gospel and say, here it is. Here's, here's, here's the message of Jesus with words that don't glorify him. We have to watch how we talk, amen? We have to be peaceful in that regard. The second thing we have to do, the peacemakers are, peacemakers are considerate. Considerate. James 3.17 says this, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, and then says this, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. A peacemaker will live a life where they are considerate of others. Consideration. Being considerate of where someone's at, what they're going through, what they faced. A peacemaker will, will, will be considerate for those who are hurting. Now there is some do nots to consideration. Now, I wanna just say, this next part, don't get mad and throw things at me. Especially if you're an Android user, because those things are heavy. <laughs> and now I'm convicted, because my first do not of consideration is sarcasm. And I just realized that. I, sarcasm. If you wanna live a life of consideration, you need to be careful with sarcasm. Now, I can only preach on this because I'm probably one of the most sarcastic people in this room. God's working on me. I'm a work in progress. We have to be careful with sarcasm. I'm not saying that sarcasm in itself is just never do it or never have those kind of, I'm just saying be careful with sarcasm. Sarcasm's dangerous because if we are not considerate, we will take someone's laughter or smile after a sarcastic remark as what they actually felt. Sometimes we can be sarcastic and the person that we're being sarcastic with is laughing and like smiling in the group but is dying on the inside. We can be tearing people down and it, it's just destroying them. You know, because it's it, in our culture today especially, like people don't wanna be embarrassed for having their feelings or they're hurting so they'll smile and laugh and pretend that everything's okay and we'll just keep being sarcastic and keep being sarcastic and keep being sarcastic and all we're doing is stepping on them and stepping on them. We have to be careful with sarcasm. 
got to. Just, we just don't know what it's doing to someone on the inside. We don't know how it's affecting them. We also need to be careful, a do not of consideration, is gossip. Gossip. Man, we love gossip. Gossip, it's, it's not considerate of someone to talk about someone behind their back. It's not considerate of someone to say something to their face and, and then talk about them when they're not there. It's not considerate of someone to be in a meeting at work and, and someone says an idea and it might be a silly idea and it might have been wrong, but then to go to the water cooler with our buddies and be like, can you believe Cindy? That was a horrible idea. And laugh and have fun. Gossip kills the opportunity for peace and reconciliation. We have to be careful with sarcasm. We have to be careful, careful with gossip. We have to be careful and do not get angry. Anger, this idea of like the lack of consideration we have from people when we become blinded by anger. Anger stops peace. Anger stops reconciliation. When we get worked up and angry about something, it makes it really hard to be someone who brings peace from a position of anger. And I know in the world we live in today, we can watch stuff on TV, we can scroll through social media, and we'll see things that just make us angry. Even like sometimes a, a, a holy anger, like this is just bad, this goes against God. And we get so worked up with anger that we focus on the anger and we focus on the person instead of trying to look like Jesus in response to it. We have to check ourselves. We can't, bring, we can't just live a life of anger when it comes to this. The fourth do not. The fourth do not when it comes to consideration is humiliation. We can't humiliate people. You're like, Shane, we don't do that. Yeah, we do. When someone believes a certain way or they, they've been raised a certain way and they live their life in a certain way, how many times do we laugh at how they live or how, how silly we think their decisions are and we humiliate them? We think that, we think that if, they, if we're honest with ourselves, we feel that if they feel dumb and stupid enough for their decision, maybe they'll change. Humiliation's not the answer. For peace and reconciliation, anger's not the answer, sarcasm's not the answer, gossip's not the answer. The only answer is to look more like Jesus. If we want to be a peacemaker and we want to bring this into the world we live in, it's when we start to die to ourselves. Start to die to ourselves and say, I want to look more like you, Jesus. I want to look more like you. I want to respond like you would. The third thing a peacemaker looks like is peacemakers will forgive as they have also been forgiven. A peacemaker will remember how much they have been forgiven from. Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind to one another. Circle that. Be kind. I mean, circle that in your, your Bible. Tender-hearted, forgiving of one another as God in Christ forgave you. Someone who's a peacemaker and a reconciler will never forget how much they've been forgiven of. Do you ever think about this? I know I, I did this week. Do you ever think about your life before Jesus and how much 
you have been forgiven of. I look back in my life and I think about the horrible things, the lies, the habits, the hurts I brought into people's lives, these horrible things that I was. I look back at that person, I'm like, Jesus, you wanted him? Why? Why would you die for him? Why would you give yourself for someone as broken as shame? And sometimes it hurts when I look back and I see all the stuff I did. But it always just gets me to a greater love and respect for my Savior, Jesus. When I remember how much I have been freed from. How much my definition of who I am has changed. Jesus, why would you do that? Why? When we remember that, when we remember how much we've been set free from, it changes how we view people, how we view the world, how we view people that think differently than us, how we treat people who are broken like we were broken, how we treat people who are making mistakes like we made mistakes. It changes how we view the world. Think about these words, be kind. Tender-hearted. Don't you think the world needs more kindness? Don't you? Like just to be kind. Don't you think the world could use a little more be tender heart from people? Don't you think the world could use a little more forgiveness? The answer to this, the answer to the divisions we see in culture, in our life, is simply one thing, Jesus Christ. That is the answer to the division that we live in. And his sons and daughters, who are the peacemakers, who are not the ones who stir up the pot, who are not the ones that shake their fists, but the ones who bring peace and reconciliation, that bring kindness, that bring tenderheartedness, that forgive one another just as we have been forgiven. That's us. That's how we're called to live as peacemakers and reconcilers. All these things that we just clap for, we're like, yes, the world needs that. Well, guess what? Everybody, everybody do something for me. I just wanna make sure we're all good. Everybody check your pulse. Go ahead, check it. You're still here. You're still here. And you're gonna walk out of these doors or you're gonna turn off online in just a second. You're gonna engage with a divided world. You're gonna engage with a broken world. You're gonna engage with hurting people. And you have the opportunity to bring peace and reconciliation to a broken world to show the love of Jesus, to show the truth of the gospel, the truth of who Jesus is in a gentle way, in a respectful way, and be a peacemaker, amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for being with us and speaking to us. Pray that as we go out this week, we would have your heart of peace, reconciliation that you call us to live by. We love you and we praise you in your holy name.
Amen.